brave is not the absence of fear. Being brave is having that fear, but finding the way through it. Still, nobody deserves to live in fear. Nobody deserves to live walking and looking over his own shoulder. No one deserves to feel like prey because we are all equal in the set of the world, our creator. My name is Ibrahim Badogu, and you're welcome to the concluding part of the Women Abuse and Rape series. And as I said last week, have me in the studio, every child's godmother. Please introduce yourself to our amazing listeners. Godmother. I call myself um, Every Child's Godmother because I am always working in the best interest of children. Right. Thank you for having me here and I am super excited to be on this show. I'm really honored and super duper excited to have you here as well. But unfortunately, for a couple of weeks now, I've been really ashamed to call myself a man because the news of rape and women abuses are now on every media platforms. What's your take on the rampant, despicable heart of rape in our society in recent times? suddenly becoming more popular it is because there are more and more discussions there's a change in narrative and as such it is allowing us to go from a culture of blame go from a culture of do not say anything culture of silence to now we want justice now this must end now this is my story right so we have individuals who come out and talk about their experiences much more now because um, unlike before where we were consistently told to keep quiet, where people are consistently told um, that um, um, it's their fault. We're having more people now um, own the story, more people now fighting for the rights of um, girl, child, or individuals who are raped. And this is becoming, uh, it is more like a ripple effect, even though we're not where we want to be, but we're far ahead um, where we used to be. So it is like a ripple effect for every story, for every, um, for, for, for for every survivor story, for every act of justice that we get, for every act of advocacy, we are initiating a ripple effect to the change in narrative, to the end goal. We want this to stop, right? So um, that is my take. It's not like as if rape is becoming more popular. It is because there's a, there's an, uh, there's a ripple effect. There's an initiation of a ripple effect going on, and this is making the discussions around this more and more popular. Yeah. You actually made me remember a quote by Benjamin Franklin. He said, Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. So, with your many years of experience as a mental health professional, 
is there a scientific cause for this cruel act? exactly say that this is the exact cause of um, rape but what I can say is that when there is no law when there's no justice when there's no penance when there's no consequence for an action it um, there's usually usually grooves people think that they can just do it so with justice I believe that people would begin to know even regardless of whatever whether they've been abused themselves whether they've been in conditions like that or whether they were narcissists or whatever the condition is when there is now a role, when there is now justice, when there's now consequence and penance for it, and it is um, not just established, it is enforced, whatever cause it is, it reduces it. And so if it's because individuals were abused, then they see that this is not a path to toll, and maybe they will get help for what, they, what is actually going on with them, as opposed to using their own personal experience as an excuse or as a reason for doing this to other people, right? So, I know you've attended to different kinds of people with mental health challenges. Have you had encounter with any rape victim? Absolutely. I have worked with individuals with mental issues that have resulted from um, rape. So um, I can't really, I can't, of course, uh, <laughs> I've worked with quite a number of people. And many times, the, particularly when this happened in childhood, you now have an adult who's made layers and layers of thought, layers and layers of habit, layers and layers of, um, of, um, emotional distress, life choices that have, um, you know, accumulated and then we're having a 23-year-old who was raped maybe say at 17 or 18 having mirage of mental health problems. And it's not even just for children, even for adults. Rape is a, subhanAllah, it's a, <laughs> I don't even know how to talk about the emotional and psychological consequence of rape. Rape is not just that it's a sexual interaction this it's literally wears out sucks out the soul of an individual so individuals who have gone through rape and worse did not get appropriate support for it they almost almost at all times have mental health issues and um yeah and many times we still have to do so much excavation it is hurtful oh my goodness one of the hurtful parts of therapy is when they have to talk about their story and then we have to rework their their thought pattern around it it is hurtful for me i hate experiencing it because i uh, many times you could literally see on their face as though they were living that experience i hate the whole and um, the whole experience they all in fact anytime i'm in therapy i know i'm in therapy with a client who's gone through rape and i know the process we have to go through by myself i'm heartbroken by myself i, I feel pain in my heart um, knowing that this is what we're going to go through even though she's going to be better for it but i really do not like the process i really do not like the process they say 
he who feels it knows it. Evidently, most people don't know the repercussion, the pain, what these rape victims have to go through after this horrible incident. Please, help the listeners understand the after effect of rape on the victims. of um, rape on, on survivors. I don't call them victims, I call them survivors. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, every person's experience with rape, the, the, um, the crime is same but the experience differ. So for example, if rape happened and then immediately there was support, immediately there was consistent thought reorientation that this is not your fault you didn't do this there was consistently allocation of the blame to the right person who is um, who is the perpetrator and support and all as in if the person who is raped got all the support in the instance when it happened then we can see the effect in that situation may may not be as severe but when individuals are raped and they're not even able to talk about it. They're consistently raped. So it's not just a one-time thing, it is continuous. They do not get support of any kind. The effect is beyond imagination. I cannot I cannot even tell you what um, the exact effect will be. Because when we go through life experiences without support, it becomes toxic to our brain. Our brain literally enters a fear mode. So these individuals are more likely to begin to lose executive functioning. So if it happens in childhood, they are not even able to develop this executive function. And executive functioning is literally us um, being able to, you know, have critical thinking, problem-solving skills, social interactions, impulse control. All of this come from the balance of certain parts of our brain, the frontal and the uh, and the um, back part of our brain. So the um, executive functioning is largely seated in the front of the brain. So when individuals, when children go through adverse childhood experiences, it triggers the fear center. So if a child is raped, consistently raped, no support, it triggers that fear center and that fear center overrides the frontal part of the brain that is responsible for executive functioning. And I saw such children are literally going to be living through life without adequate skills to become productive to be their productive self so that's for children for adults what happens is they begin to lose these things they begin to lose what they have already built so because it's both biological and psychological when the fear system is activated there's no thinking. Imagine yourself where you are right now and then you have a lion appear to you. You are not thinking, oh, I'm listening to this nice, sweet lady on the phone. You're not thinking about that. What you're thinking is, I want to survive. I want to get out of this. So imagine if an individual's brain is consistently in that spot where they're thinking of survival as opposed to functioning. That is not a state that we can comprehend, right? So the effects um, for children, they're not able to develop executive functioning skills. And as I said, executive functioning skills is literally what is responsible for our productive and intelligent self. And for adults who have already developed this, they begin to lose it. They begin to lose this. And this has beyond um, 
beyond psychological um, effect there's also the physical in fact the effect is unimaginable i cannot even begin to say that these are the things they will go through right and it is always different from from um, person to person depending on the kind of support they got immediately after the kind of support they got um, after um, immediately after depending on the uh, frequency depending on there's so much there's so much surrounding it right how does this affect society so imagine if um an individual so there's this concept called uh, uh human capital so human capital is largely based on the productivity of humans in a country right based on the productivity of humans in a country fact that this is a public health menace let's just talk about how it affects individuals uh, from individuals down to the generality of the in uh, of the society so um, there are studies that have shown that one in three girls or one in five girls have been abused wounding. so those kind of studies help us to know the uh, the percentage of the population that are probably are most uh, have, have been estimated to have been abused so if we say one in five one in five means that if we have a population of uh, 20 million um, girls or uh, women in nigeria let's assume that is what we have if we have 20 million women in nigeria one in five is four million right so one in five is four million it means that four million people in our society are currently not working at their most productive state because if, I, if we say that the effect of um, uh, of, um, of rape affects productivity affects psychological health emotional and all that it consequently leads to their productivity so as such they're not the best mom they're not the best wife they're not the best sister they're not the best employee they're not the best employer so all of this translates to their productivity, their social relationships, the impact they're able to make. So 4 million people um, in 20 million have that, um, have that, are affected by that. And they are not by themselves, they are relating with other people. So this, their productivity is also affecting the organization. It's affecting the family. It's affecting the children they're raising. It's affecting the spouse that they have. It's affecting the friendships that they keep. In the long run, what we have is going to now become, uh, is going to go beyond the 4 million. So we're going to have another 4 million people who interact with this 4 million suffering from the dysfunction happening to that 4 million. And consequently, human capital reduces, productivity reduces. And this is for all situations, all public health conditions that trigger the fear center. So, when we say what is the effect on the society, it is enormous. It robs us of um, uh, a large percentage of um, productivity. It also consistently puts children. So, for example, we say one in five have been raped. The other four are living in fear. So, for example, I'm a woman. I'm walking down my street at 7 p.m. I'm walking over my shoulder. I'm carrying my bag, holding it tight to myself. I'm thinking about going to Karate Park. I'm thinking about having pepper spray in my in my in my bag. I'm thinking uh, I wouldn't enter 
uh, for some reason, if anything were to happen and I need to take a ride um, with um, one of the uh, maybe Uber or Bolt at 11 um, p.m., I have to call five other people. <laughs> and this is personally a life experience. I remember I went for a training or a program and I had to leave at 11.30. I was going uh, back to my house and I had to take a ride. I called five people. I was going from the island to the mainland and I literally called someone just to speak to him, right? With the perception that so maybe if the man that is driving me thinks that I'm married, so my husband is the one speaking to me throughout the journey. That's pathetic. And that day when I got home and he dropped me at the gate, I was knocking, the people were supposed to come open the door, did not open, he, dropped, he drove off. I was standing in front of my house, scared. I wasn't scared that someone would take my phone. I wasn't, I was scared that if anyone, if any group of men or men were to see me in that situation, I become the prey. So even though I may not be one in five, I am four in five living in fear. And that is terrible. I cannot, uh, I cannot explain how that, how impactful, how fearful that kind of situation is for me. For me, even during the day, you're going to a place you don't really know. You're looking at the map, and the guy is taking you to another route because he thinks it's faster. Because you don't know, you're afraid. You, as in, <laughs> it is, it is funny. Um, a couple of weeks ago, some of my friends from secondary school invited me over to their house. Okay, this is a wonderful experience. Oh, I get to meet them. But there are two guys. Ha! I declined it. <laughs> because in my head, it's not reaching on anyone's forehead. I don't know who to trust. That is the kind of society we're living in. And with <laughs> the story of one of the girls who, were who was raped, um, I think it's Uwa resonates deeply with me because I throughout my teenage years read in a mosque I would read in a mosque and I remembered how afraid I used to be I would go to the mosque and as I was going I'll be looking back so that nobody exactly knows that I go there and when I get there I would take my sleepers into the mosque and lock the mosque from inside on one of those occasions I met another man who came there to read I couldn't exactly go back because I had exams I had to prepare for. So I was in work, but I was scared. That's the kind of society we're living in. That's the impact on society where women do not feel safe, where women are not the most productive self, where women do not think that a man coming, I can ask him that, oh, this is where I'm lost. Can you help me? We do not feel safe. I don't <laughs> I've heard, I, I can talk for myself and many of my friends and my sisters, we do not feel safe and that, and what, uh, what kind of society is it when like half of the society do not feel safe? So the impact on the society is beyond, oh, is it mammoth, unimaginable, it affects productivity, it affects relationships, it affects our overall human capital, it's a public health, uh, it's a public health problem. I think I know why people are not taking these rape survivors as she described them seriously. Maybe they feel it's a personal problem and these survivors should just deal with their problems personally. 
Are you right about this? What do you now think about the laws and punishment attached to rape in the Nigerian constitution? The laws? <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been thinking deeply between um, slow death and castration and then slow death. I, I've, I've not been able to you know, point my hand on anything. Right? So sometimes I'm like, can we kill them slowly? Like, just cut them like major artery and watch them dance for their life. <laughs> Can we castrate them or put them in prison? Wait, I don't even know. Right? Or maybe per, per, per situation, we judge the enormity of the plan and the, um, and, the, and the cruelty so for example the person who's uh, subhanallah I can't, I, can't, I can't begin to you know imagine and then much punishment I'm usually in between high degree high degree pain and suffering to castration to to slow death to very inhumane kind of death so i don't know i can't i can't i, I think i'm still in the part of the, the, I'm, my head is still thinking about the cruelty of how to maybe i don't i i, I can't say um, what i have in my head is very 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 messy <laughs> messy it can't be it can't it doesn't have any degree of caution. What I have in my head doesn't have any degree of caution. I don't think I want to share that publicly. All right. So um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Ibrahim. I don't know how you want me to um talk about the punishment. Huh. You know, slow death. Letting them, you know, relieve the struggle, the pain. Oh, subhanAllah. I can't can say it. I, can, I don't know. How do we now curb these inhumane vices in our society and the world at large? Because we can't just continue living this way. Cop this ah so it's going to be multi multi-dimensional from how we raise our boys how we raise children generally because of course rape isn't just um, um it's not just the male gender that does this sometimes some aunties also rape some brothers some 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 boys from how we raise children from how we raise children to how we support children to how we support um, individual to the systems that are available to care so right now if a person is raped and they go to the police station what kind of system is in place in a police station what kind of system is in place um, at the hospital because i remember there used to there was a time when um, a girl child was raped and 
it was health workers that was literally the girl was in the hospital one of the um, nurses attended to her and then she went out and told her colleagues and her colleagues were coming in one after the other to come and check it so what are the systems so it has to be multi-dimensional multi-disciplinary actually so multi-sectorial every scene everyone so when i report when it comes to justice what's the justice system what's the healthcare system going to do what's the society uh, perception around rape generally nobody's talking about whether you're well covered nobody's talking about we're talking about so the to curb this we cannot work from one angle go we have to start from raising children to the supports that are available to our justice system to our um law enforcement to our health care to aftercare system so you know it has to be a multi-dimensional multi-professional multi-sectoral thing so we can be able to you know um work around this so there's justice there's appropriate support there's societal um support to and all of this can you know work um together to to ensure this right what an insightful time with the lovely and amazing every child's godmother mr koya gumbi Thank you very, very much for taking out of your precious and busy time to enlighten myself and our listeners about this despicable act of rape and its effect on those that survive it and the society at large. And I also want to thank the supportive Brave Art listeners and fans for their audience. Drop your comments and views about this topic and I'll be glad if you can share as well. Stay safe. Stay at home. Wash your hands regularly. And stay brief till we meet again. Take care.